Hello and welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or you want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Power as well as guest speakers will bring messages that are sure to help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive or for those who are comfortable, join us for our in-person services in the upper room of the Lockport, Illinois Moose Lodge Sundays at 10 on 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect and how to give, visit us at the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Our speaker today is an amazing young woman of God who um, God has totally redeemed her story. We are super thrilled and honored she's at Thrive, that God called her here, and that God opened the door for her to start Royal Family Kids Camp here with us, and that we can partner with them. God is using her. God is using her and Eric uh, and the team, Matt and Zanette, who are here this morning. Hey, guys. Yeah, Matt was our trailer guy for a long time. Poor man. <laughs> um, just had to hang in a little bit longer, and then no more trailer. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> I spoke too soon. Um, <laughs> uh, but God is using Kimmy mightily, and she's going to share her story this morning. Uh, give it up, please, for Kimmy Zwartz. Come on up. I need that for Amazon. Thank you. Hey, guys. So for those of you who didn't hear, I'm Kimmy. Um, I've been coming to Thrive now for about three years, and I'm loving it. Um, so I'm just going to get started this morning with telling you a little bit about camp. I hope you guys don't mind. I am going to sit today. <laughs> um, so Royal Family Kids Camp is a summer, for, a summer camp for foster kids, and it used to be a week-long summer camp worldwide. But because of COVID-19, RFK morphed into more creative camps um, worldwide. So some camps are now weekend camps. Some camps are now day camps like VBS and stuff like that. Um, But no matter how it's done, RFK is a camp for foster kids who have experienced abuse or neglect, either from their biological parents or through the system. We bring them to camp and pour the love of God into their lives by being the hands and feet of Jesus. We do this by swimming and dancing, canoeing, fishing, and just being there in those teachable moments of who is God. There is a very unique difference between our camp and a typical Bible camp. We ask all of our volunteers to raise money to bring themselves and a camper to camp with them, which is $350, which is what Jesse was talking about this morning. Um, The second difference is we are bringing kids to camp who aren't church kids. We bring wounded kids to camp who have been hurt by the adults in their lives who are supposed to be safe people. We bring to camp the hurting, and we pray that we make the difference in their lives to turn them into warriors who see that they are worthy enough to navigate their way around the battlefield of life. We knock down the wrongful identities that caseworkers, police officers, social workers, and statistics have branded them with, and we introduce them to their God-chosen identities. But I don't do this alone. Um, I have a group of leaders who are absolutely amazing, and I'm going to introduce to them, introduce you guys to them. First, I'm going to call up my husband, Eric. Come on. 
So this is my husband, Eric. Um, he is the man, the myth, and the legend. I say he is the wizard behind the curtain of Royal Family Kids Camp because although he is not deemed a director, he does so much for our camp. First of all, he deals with me and all of my emotions of being a director of camp. Um, this year, he has gotten the job of taking over our finances because <laughs> we got ourselves into a little bit of trouble financially last year. Um, so he kind of overlooks all of that. And um, Eric, I just want to ask you, what is it like being behind the scenes of camp? Um, so it's a little interesting being behind the scenes because kind of like Kimmy was saying, um, sometimes I kind of feel like the emotional support pillow because um, I... She's experiencing more of the day-to-day -day emotions, uh, whether it's the kids themselves being there with the kids or just the amount of crazy stress there is with getting the camp set up. She's talking to caseworkers. Um, and I say her, but, you know, Matt and Zanette are, are doing a lot of that too. Uh, but um, I, I feel like I'm the one that's kind of like, you vent to me about all of the craziness, um, and uh, I try to help you make sense of it and just kind of be there for her. At the end of the day, it is awesome just to see everything come together with all the work that Matt, Zanette, and Kimmy are doing. And every year, there's always some sort of story. And, you know, I, I go down to the camp uh, with them. Uh, I don't go the whole time, but I'll, I'll come for a couple days. And um, it's just amazing to see the kids have fun, light up. And you can really tell. If you've never been, you should go. You could just really tell that they're making an impact in these kids' lives. Thank you. Um, that'll be it. You can go ahead and have a seat. <laughs> go behind the curtain. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to introduce you to Matt and Zanette. Come on up, guys. So I just want to give a little background story. Uh, Zanette and I met when I was 16 at camp, when I came for my first time ever volunteering at camp, and we awkwardly got along perfectly, um, and it was a beautiful story that is now molded into such a bigger relationship um, that God has definitely redeemed and used um, a million different ways. But Zanette has her own story about camp, and I'm going to let her share her soto, which at camp is the story of the one who just sticks with us throughout life. Obviously, every single kid at camp makes a difference in our lives, but there's always just this one camper that pulls at our heartstrings specifically. Okay, um, so this will be my 11th year at camp, but like Kimmy said, there's always that one story of the one. And I'm going to read it because I don't think I'll be able to keep it all together if I don't. Um, so as I headed to my first year of camp as a support staff, I felt like I had my work cut out for me with just this one little boy all veteran camp staffers considered the troublemaker, the one to keep an extra eye out for. During training, I thought the veteran camp staffers were exaggerating or at least had no idea how to handle these kiddos with tons of energy. When I met Davion at registration, I was so sure everyone was exaggerating. Davion was this little dude with dimples as deep as the Grand Canyon, a smile as warm as the sunshine, and a persona as sweet as cotton candy. It only took arriving at camp and settling in that first day for all that to change. The veteran camp staff was not wrong or exaggerating about Davion. He was kind of a bully to many of the campers, uh, what we call a runner, the head honcho of the camp kiddos. Davion ran off at least twice a day, 
into the forest. And sometimes it seemed like without reason, and sometimes it was just the way he seemed to cope with his anger and emotions. One day, as he was bolting out the chapel door, I got him to freeze in his tracks when I asked if he wanted to help with setting up dinner place cards. With a mix of reluctance due to being stopped from his escape and curiosity with a task being presented, Davion agreed to help. After completing the task, Davion was so proud. The simple and often considered tedious task made him feel so important and on top of the world. He enjoyed varying the seating arrangement, vocally expressing his thought process as he arranged the seating differently for every meal. This was all it took to cool him down. Though he still had moments of being a bully to the kiddos throughout the day, when it came to setting up meal place cards, this cold-hearted kiddo had a soft spot for making sure everyone felt welcomed and wanted. The same tough little boy took time out of his afternoon activity center time one day to make me a necklace with a charm of both of our favorite animals. The same boy who tested everyone's patience also used half of his carnival tickets he earned at our carnival night event to buy me a purple clutch star wallet, which I still have. I believe that these random acts of love were more than what someone just consider a childhood crush on a support staff. <laughs> I believe that through my little extension of love, by including him in setting up meal place cards, he learned to extend that same kind of love to campers and staff members in ways and times that he felt he could throughout that week. When it came time to say goodbye, Davion was sobbing uncontrollably. I was so confused how this boy who tested everyone at camp, despite his random acts of compassion and love, was sobbing so uncontrollably. Between taking deep breaths to control his crying, Davion expressed that he didn't want to leave the people that truly cared for him. Hearing that broke me. Just when I was beginning to think, did I really make an influence? He said that. Was he still mean to the campers throughout that week? Yes. Did he run off into the forest at least once a day throughout that week? Definitely. Did he hear about Jesus Christ? Yes. Did he experience Christ's love through the love we shared with him using our hands and feet? With that statement that he just shared, undeniably, yes. Davion would now be finishing high school, and wherever he may be, it's my prayer that his time at camp impacted his life in a positive manner, no matter how little it may be. At camp, we believe in making memories and making moments matter. My story of the one is only one of the millions of stories in which that camp motto might ring true. Thank you, Jeanette. I am also going to have uh, Matt share the story of the one from his first year at camp as well. So my first year at camp um, was 2017. Um, we, start, we started dating, and she was telling me all leading up to that how much camp meant to her and and how awesome it was and how life-changing it was and and so I was like oh, yeah, I'm down for this I love you know working with kids and you know being involved with youth group here in the past and in other churches and other places I've been I, I love working with kids kids are just, just near and dear to my heart um, yeah, having one on the way now I'm, I'm just so excited for that as well but um, but the one for me um, was my first year and um, his, his nickname was Sonic he went by Sonic he came in and um, he did not like his, his, his real name, which I won't use, but um, he liked to be called Sonic because he said he was super fast. And he'd run around, and, he, you know, he was, he was the smallest, youngest kid at camp, um, and, <laughs> and he, had, he had an attitude which, was, which was made me laugh at times, which I probably shouldn't have been laughing at, but, uh, but I did. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to be that dad one day where I'm laughing at my kid because I'm like, you shouldn't be saying that, but that's funny. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, he, in the two campers I had, um, he was, like I said, he's the smallest, youngest one there. And they're playing basketball, the two of them. And, and he scores on him, and he gets up in the kid's face, and he says, he said, uh, um, he called him, he said, Stop that little boy, he said to him. He said to the kid who was larger than him. And I just like I just had to turn my head and laugh and then I said, Sonic, do we we probably shouldn't talk to him that way, but in the inside I was dying laughing. That kid that kid captured my heart just with his his humor and just uh he he was so witty and, and funny, but on top of that, <clears throat> I just saw the change in him from week from day one to day five. And 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 being able to see that as a counselor the whole week you're you're with those kids twenty two hours a day including sleep, so maybe not, not there um, awake with them 22 hours, but you're there with them 22 hours a day. And, um, and seeing the change from that kid when he showed up on the bus, when he ran up to me all shy, um, just not really talking to where he was when he left and um, not wanting to leave me. And, and, and part of it was he, he didn't have a sense of, of time either. So like when we're talking, we're packing up his bag, he would say, so will I, will I see you tomorrow? And part of me, my heart hurt. I was like... No, you won't. You won't see me tomorrow. Um, and and he's like, "Well, I see you next week." It's like, no, you won't see me next week either. I was like, "It's a year. A year from now, you'll see me." And uh, and sure enough, I, I wasn't able to go to camp that year, but I was there at um, when when the campers were dropped off. I was helping with uh, with registration, and he showed up, and and I saw him, and and we were playing basketball in the gym, and um, and he's like, "You coming with us this year?" I go. I can't this year because we, that was the year we were, we were doing director's training. I just didn't have the time off to take both off. And, but I was, I've got to see him every year except for last year at, at, at registration. And, um, but seeing, seeing the change in that kid from day one there, and then even now, you know, it was three years later, seeing how camp impacted his life, how, how people say a week, can, can a week really make a difference? <laughs> yeah, an hour can make a difference in the, in the presence of Jesus Christ. And, and that's the biggest thing is these kids are, are in the presence of God that we are the hands and feet of Jesus in, in this week with them. And, and we're the ones that, that get, to, get to love them and show them Christ through us and through our love. And, and I think the biggest thing for him was consistency. And we try to do the same activities every day at the same time. The activities might change, but the same time every day. And that consistency of, of that and then the consistency of us showing them love, uh, regardless of how they act towards us, continuing to show them we love you. You can act out however much you want. I'm still going to love you. And, and some kids do test you in that way, um, and, and it's frustrating. But when you see that breakthrough with some of those kids, it, it's just heart-changing, <laughs> and it makes you really buy into this camp, um, with Kimmy being one of them that's here today because of camp, and, and knowing that there's others out there. We hear other testimonies from other camps throughout the, the nation and, and see that this camp does change child and kids' lives just because the one week at, out of their life, out of a year, they feel loved, and they feel the, the presence of Jesus Christ. Um, you guys, thank you. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to keep you guys up here for just a moment, but I do want to cast um, my vision as a director today to all of you um, for Thrive Church, for the people of Lockport. Um, I don't want to just be a camp five, five years from now. And I don't know what the timeline looks like of that because it's not up to me. It's up to God. Um, I don't want to be a camp. I want to be a community that um, helps rise these kids up so that we don't have stories like Davion where we don't know where they are, um, that we know that they're graduating high school, but we don't know if they love the Lord, if they're adopted, if they're living their lives anymore. Um, I want to be bigger than that. 
And I am so excited to be a part of Thrive and have you guys help us uh, do that. With that being said, um, we're going to move on a little bit. And I'm going to have Zanette um, talk about the different camp positions that we have. So if you guys want to come to camp for the week, Zanette's going to tell you what you can come to camp and do for us. All right, so just a quick, um, I guess, background. We had eight campers come last year, and with COVID, it just kind of ruining our plans at that time. Like, eight was a godsend for us, and and we saw how God moved in that, and we kind of, as directors this year, set a goal, all right, it'd be great to get 15 this year, and we already currently have 15 camper applications. <laughs> With that being said, we are in need of more staff members then to pull off yet another life-changing week for the campers. At camp, we often say, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not break. And with that, we have a lot of flexible positions this year, um, and we are urging you to pray and consider it and even talk to us at our table after, ch um, after church today. We are in desperate, desperate need of full-time volunteers, those who will be there the whole week, um, specifically counselors, we are still in need of one male counselor and four female counselors. And to be a counselor, you do have to be 18 years um, old or older. And the counselors are a blessing to our kids by using that week and the events and the activities you do um, to find teachable moments to mold their hearts and show Christ through that. We also need support staff, which kind of is, they play many different roles. They play the activity tent. They are in the fishing hole with the kids. They go kayaking. Sometimes they'll fall into the lake because they were kayaking with the campers. We do have life jackets, so Bobby. we're safe with that. We need support staff who are willing to work with worms and putting you on the fishing hooks. Uh, we literally need support staff for any job that you can even possibly imagine to work with the kiddos. Um, and at, as a support staff, you can be 16 years old. Um, or older for to serve in that aspect. And in the support staff, we also have the grill team, which this is what we're doing differently this year. We are gonna cook most of our um, meals this year. And so we are setting in place a grill team for every day. We do have someone who's gonna kind of help direct that and coordinate that, but we also need other hands that are gonna be able to help our grill team director. We need a drama team aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas. Um, these are special roles that may seem kind of minuscule, but again, these are roles, familial roles that maybe not all the kiddos get to experience in the lives that they have in the foster care system or wherever they may be at, at this moment. And so we just kind of wanted to get them to experience that, to experience the love and the support that aunts and uncles and grandparents that we know give us now. We are in need of a social worker. The social worker kind of works with us as directors and the campers and just to kind of be there to help make sure everything's going smoothly and that we're following directions in that aspect also. And a photographer and a nurse. The list can honestly go on and on, and I would love to discuss with anyone any of those positions at the end of service or if you can come up with something else that I didn't think about. Um, but, yeah, we'll be at the information table if anyone wants to sign up or inquire more about a specific position. And it truly is beautiful. The gift of um, being able to come on this mission, missions trip is you, you really aren't ever considered too old. <laughs> um, you don't ever have um, a lack of skills to come to camp because we've had so many people come to camp with so many different personalities, so many different backgrounds, so many different ages. Um, legally, we do have to ask that our staff members are at least 16 years old, but 16 to 100 can come to camp um, 
I remember as a camper, my favorite staff member was our, gra- our camp grandma, and she literally just sat in the corner on her rocking chair and crocheted all day long. And just her loving spirit um, made us gravitate towards her because that wasn't something that we were used to. We weren't used to such a peaceful spirit just being there. Um, So she was amazing. So come to camp. We promise that we will plug you in to a spot that you're comfortable with, um, and you guys will serve these kids mightily. And then, Matt, how can people who aren't able to come to camp the full week help? Yeah, that's a good question. So if you're not able to come the full week, we do have many ways that, that we need help, that you could help, um, that we could, could use. So the first one I want to say is prayer. Um, prayer, prayer, prayer. This, this camp does not happen without prayer, without people praying for us, praying for the kids, praying for the staff. Um, that's the biggest one and, and that I feel anyone and everyone can do. Um, it doesn't take, doesn't take money. It doesn't take, it just takes time. And time is, is more valuable than money anyway in my book. So um, when you're able to, to volunteer, volunteer your time and show someone that um, you appreciate them or, or you are supporting them, whether it's with prayer or volunteering, um, I think that's definitely more valuable than money. Um, some of the things we might need prayer for, um, obviously the campers, um, them coming, them a lot of them have a lot of issues. And praying that they feel peace and love while they're at camp and, and, comfort, and that they're comfortable. Um, a lot of them um, have night terrors. They, they have issues and throughout the night they wet the bed. Um, those types of things happen because of just instability in, in their homes. And, uh, and so those types of things are some things we deal with at camp. And so prayer for them is the biggest thing. And then after that, prayer for our counselors. Because our counselors, like I said, are with them for 22 hours a day. They get a, a two hours of break throughout the day to themselves. And and it's exhausting. We know, I know Dave's here. Dave, Dave, you, you were a counselor last year. That was, that was a lot of time, right? Dave and Bobby. And, you know, it, it's a lot of time. It, it takes a lot out of you. So um, pray for our counselors. Give them strength. Give them the energy. Give them the words to say to those kids. Um, the next thing is also our staff as well. And so she mentioned all the staff positions we have open. Um, prayer for, first off, filling those needs, and then also for those people that will be in those needs. Um, secondly, um, prayer for funds. Um, we're still we're still doing fundraising, um, at which uh, Pastor Brian mentioned today. We have one at Panera Bread, which you can go out easily just go buy lunch or dinner at the Lockport location. Mention RFK or uh, on the Lockport um, RFK website, there's a picture of the flyer. You can show them that, or or bring the physical one in, or you can also online. I think on the flyer show it, it says uh, a uh, code to put in for for the fundraiser. Um, and then also for weather, um, pray for, for good weather for them, um, that we're not rained out of a lot of these events, that we don't have to keep them cooped up inside because that would be terrible for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, and I already mentioned the staff, getting the staff members we need. So uh, secondly, giving, um, there's a lot of ways you can give. And um, the first off, we have an Amazon wish list. If you just go on Amazon and you search RFK Lockport, it's on there, but there's things like birthday gifts that Pastor Brian mentioned that we do. We do a birthday party for all the kids. Well, we also do a Christmas party as well and give them gifts that way. We also give them Christmas PJs that they come and they show up in Christmas PJs and we have Christmas tree and we had Santa there last year. I won't disclose who that was, but I think he's in the crowd somewhere out there. Um, <laughs> and, and Mrs. Claus was there as well. So um, that is just a side note. Seeing one, There's a picture of one of the kids that when he turned and saw them walk in, 
the smile on his face, man, that was, that was, was priceless. Just seeing the big smile and his jaw drop, like, it was one of the best pictures. I, my favorite picture from last year at, our, at camp, so. Um, and then secondly, there's, I mentioned the fundraisers. So we have Panera, but we also have one every month. Um, so we have uh, Portillo's next month in May. I'm not quite sure on the date, but keep looking out for that. There, if you go buy Portillo's, the proceeds, some of the proceeds come to us. And then Mod in June, Mod Pizza. So um, be on the lookout for those. Those are ways you can help support us. Um, and then one of the other things is monetary. Uh, if you have, you know, money that you're willing to donate to us, um, that goes towards, uh, some of it goes towards the campers coming to camp. Some of it goes towards uh, staff members and some of it go to be able to come to camp and it goes towards the food for camp. Um, and then uh, it just goes, some of it goes towards RFK, the ministry in general. So um, we could always use, use money donations as well. Um, and if you have that or want that, you can see the table. There's also, I think there's a way to give online too. That, that they, on the app. On the app. Yeah. So yeah, there's a way to give on the app too if you, you know, if it's not today or you can go on the app and, and give uh, that way too to RFK. Um, and then there's, I have two more still. So there's a, so if you can't come for the week at camp, we have a setup on Saturday the 3rd because we don't want to take away from your 4th of July. So we're going to go set up camp on a Saturday the 3rd. And we need all the hands we can get to help set up for that. And then we also need on Friday, if you're able to come in the afternoon or, or uh, early or late morning to help tear down on the 9th, uh, we could use you there as well. Um, the more hands we have, the easier it is to get everything tore down and get out of there and get the kids back, um, back within a timely manner. So, And then lastly, after that, we have a, what's called the welcome home dinner. Um, it's for all the, the volunteers. And we like to try and feed them after. We didn't get to do this last year. Um, but this year we want to try and do it. So we're, we're looking for a place, a site to host it first off. And then secondly, we're looking for some people to help uh, serve or cook or, or whatever your, your, your gifts are in that. So if you're a hospitality person, it might be right up your alley. Um, but you know, those are the, those are the ways you can get involved with camp without actually coming the whole week. So thank you guys. Let's give it up for Matt and Jeanette. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. Um, wow, those two directors look really pregnant. <laughs> um, we are. <laughs> and we are expecting uh, these babies. Um, I'm 38 weeks today, so any day now, really. <laughs> and uh, Zanette is due in June. And I know a lot of you are thinking, what are you going to do once camp comes? We plan on bringing our babies to camp with us. Um, so if you want to come out and snuggle some babies for the week, that's another position that you can have as well. <laughs> so let's get uh, started. What do we do when we find ourselves in places that we never thought we would be in? Our brains are wired to when we should go into fight or flight mode. When we're in a car that's smoking, our thought would be to get out of the vehicle and see what's going on. Or if you're anything like me, you'll get out of the vehicle and pretend like you know what's going on. Either way, we know that we have to get out of the vehicle in case of the instance that we may be in danger. If we were to be put into a situation where we were to see a loved one getting hurt physically by somebody else and purposely, our response would probably be to purposely get physical back. But when a child's brain has been triggered over and over, continuously jabbing at that fight or flight mode, making a child continuously choose fight, eventually something becomes broken. 
the brain begins to favor that fight mode. Let's think of an iPhone. After glitching so many years, eventually it just doesn't do quite what it's supposed to do. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. A Bible verse that I'm sure all of us are very familiar with. But did we know that these words are from Jeremiah? Words of hope were written to people who were removed from their homes because Nebuchadnezzar kicked them out of Jerusalem in order to raise rebellion against the new authority. It just made sense to him to just remove leaders from positions of power and reduce them to nothing in their exiled lands. However, Nebuchadnezzar also ordered all of the blacksmiths and children to join those who were exiled, people who had no correlation of their political relationships, and they were just simply the victims of circumstance. So what do we do when authority fails us and we get hurt? Zanette spoke about her Soto, about Davion. His difficulties were not God's doing. God didn't abandon him or neglect him nor abuse him. But somebody did, and because of that, Davion felt as though God did as well. Davion was so hurt that his fight mode was so overstimulated constantly and enough at all times to completely take over his brain, no matter the severity of any situation thus becoming the camp bully. It was more work for his brain to allow him to be nice at any given time than it was for him to lash out, which is why Zanette's story of a minor victory of him being nice to her is such a huge redemption and such a huge deal. Last week, Pastor Brian asked Howie, Jesse, Jimena, and Riker to do a panel with him. And one of the specific questions were about being able to rise above being hurt by church people and helping those who have been de-churched. And Howie simply stated, there is no condemnation. We don't want to chase people away because they're not doing what we think we sh they should be doing. He asks himself every day why he's in this in the first place. And he stated how he's in this for God and not for humankind. So we do all understand that the purpose of authority is to serve and protect, correct? I find that Jeremiah's direction to those kicked out very effective to them, to foster kids, but also to every single person in this room. To every single person, even in the faith community, who have ever found themselves in a place where we never thought we would be in. A place that leaves us thinking, Wow, I didn't see that coming. Being a director is extremely difficult. Don't get me wrong, I love my job, but it's difficult. Now let's throw in this cauldron being a young director, being a foster kid, being an RFK alumni, and all of the spiritual wars that seem to follow me everywhere I go. And having to be under the authority of other broken people. I'm going to share with you guys a quick timeline of my RFK journey and a little bit of my testimony that has had the enemy clinging to it. When I was six, my baby brother died and my parents were deemed incapable of caring for me and my other three brothers. So we were immediately placed into foster care. 
When I was nine, I came to camp for the very first time as a camper. This was also the year I lost my older brother in a drinking and driving accident. When I was 10, I was told by my foster family that I was not allowed to go to camp because I was bad and the camp didn't want me anymore. An identity that I branded myself with. When I was 11, I came back and graduated. And when I was 12, for some odd reason, I came back to camp again and graduated again. And I realized it was because that was the year I switched placements for the second time. I moved from one family in Plainfield to one family in Tinley Park. But that's okay, because fast forward four years, and at the age of 16, I started the process of coming back to camp as a teenage staff member. And three days shy of my 16th birthday, I was kicked out of my foster home again and placed in an orphanage in Chicago, where all of my clothes, besides the ones I was wearing on my back, were stolen. And on my sweet 16th birthday, I was transferred to a group home for teenage girls in Robbins, Illinois. A few hours after arriving, we were forced to go into the basement because one of the girls went out and messed with the neighbors, and their response was to shoot at the building. After being at this home for two weeks, I was rewarded computer time, and I, met, and I messaged John. And I told him where I was and why I wasn't able to attend any of the RFK training that I was supposed to because I was supposed to be at camp that year. And John performed his magic, a.k.a. the God's work, and he did everything he could, and he picked me up for the week of camp. Through the chaos of being at camp without having an actual home to return to, God gave me the vision of becoming an RFK director that year. When I was 19, I got burned so badly by my church home that I was attending, I began church hopping, never having a place to truly call my home. When I was 20, Eric and I attended mentoring training together to take over the RFK mentoring program of another church. The pastor of the church wrote us a referral letter, allowed us to raise the funds, and allowed us to travel for four hours for a 72-hour training just to tell us that we were not allowed to do a mentoring club at his church. That same year, we started coming to Thrive, and eventually, we officially called it home. When I was 22, I worked up the courage to meet with Pastor Brian and ask if Thrive would be willing to host a camp. Oh, and that my team wanted to go in three months and start a camp in a year. I put my armor of God on, and I was so ready to fight him tooth and nail to advocate for our foster kids. Just to stand there dumbly while he said yes without even blinking an eye. <laughs> Which is still a very foreign concept to our team, even three years later. We always overplan our meetings, ready to discuss the most minute of detail and to fight him for everything. And he just says yes and peacefully lets us run our ministry. The same year we went to training, Eric and I were planning a wedding. As well as it being the same year that I graduated school and started searching for a job. The week before training, Eric and I had to sit down and discuss whether or not marriage was the best option for us. 
an attack that was so severe on our soon-to-be marriage, it shook us to the core. But mere hours after ending the conversation on good terms and figuring it out, I got a call with the remaining $2,000 donation that we needed for camp training. That year, I became a director, a hairstylist, a wife, and a stepmom. When I was 23, we were planning our first ever Royal Family Kids Camp through Thrive Church, and COVID-19 hit. And today, at the age of 24, I spent the past week praying that despite wanting eviction, that this baby stays until at least after service today. <laughs> and if God really loves me, hopefully after the RFK Panera fundraiser. Um, and if you guys want to throw up that flyer for the fundraiser, I do ask, you guys do have to show this fundraiser when you go to Panera. So if you're planning on doing that, just go ahead and take a quick picture of it if you don't already have it on your phones. Pastor Brian asked this question last week, but I'm going to ask it again. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or anything like that. Just um, raise your hands in your heart. <laughs> Um, how many people in this room have been hurt by a broken person or once upon a time considered themselves dechurched? Now, how many of you have had your redemption come through another human being? Still broken, but wanting to do the right thing that helped you along your journey of redemption. Jeremiah directs the people of Babylon to make it their new home. In his letter, he directs them to pray for their enemies and to do more than just to make the best out of the situation. How many of you have forgiven those who have hurt you? Because when we pray for our enemies, we do two things. First, we open up our hearts. And two, we ask Abba to be merciful to our oppressors, something that he simply delights in. We could all easily choose bitterness and resentment, but that's not what God wants us to do. And if you doubt that, just look around at our world, because it's literally in shambles due to the inability to forgive. I could have allowed bitterness and resentment of my life to take over. An eight last year would not have been able to come to camp. Davion could have allowed bitterness to take over his world and continue to bully Zanette and the people he loved at camp. Pastor Brian has shared his testimony before. He's been hurt. And had he ever allowed his bitterness to take over, none of us would be here together today. I think everyone in this room has built at least something in their lives, whether it be a Lego set, a bookshelf, or one of your wife's DIY projects. <laughs> and most of these items come with directions. An authoritative letter is to be followed. And it tells us the next step and how to do it, and mostly if we're doing something wrong. Similar to the authoritative voice of Jeremiah le Jeremiah's letter, he advises the people of Babylon to move on from their old lives and to forget about Jerusalem. The people of Babylon did nothing to deserve being pulled away from their homes. They were told to make the most of their new lives, and there is no record of them ever wallowing. They accepted their circumstances fully and trusted God. As I look around every Sunday, I see the people of Thrive doing this. 
whether you've been broken or not. We're still living. We're still making new friends. We're still worshiping amongst one another. We've moved on and together we've made Thrive our home. What might be temporary to us is the life of a foster kid. Their exile is so bad it physically hurts their brains. Their brain is so dialed into fight mode, they continuously grow statistics. They constantly wonder if there's anybody in this life who will ever love them. But doesn't that question live in all of our hearts? Am I loved? Will anybody ever love me? The Holy Spirit gently whispers into your ear. I love you. I love outcasts. I love addicts. I love adulterers. I love gossips. I love you. So come to camp and help introduce our children to Yahweh. Help them hear his whisper in their ears. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You are not an outcast. You are not a bully. And you are no longer wounded. Just share, just shared a statistic with me. You know, over 70% of kids in foster care end up either in prison or homeless or worse. So our small church saying, but we're going to reverse the curse. We're going to watch God redeem lives. That's what we're about. That's why we plan and thrive. Well, not the only reason, but one of many. We're here to do everything that we can. <laughs> I remember the meeting that Kimmy talked about. And, and they're like, we're ready to start. It's going to take this much money. It's going to take this. And <laughs> I think I said in the meeting, James 1.27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. <laughs> you know, I'd rather do this right than be big. I'd rather do the work of the kingdom than be bigger. Because the truth is, it takes money to do RFK. <laughs> it takes a lot of volunteers and time. But man, what, what, what else should we be doing? Last summer, we literally, not last fall, right? <laughs> Feels like last summer. Um, 2020 was a long decade. And uh, that Sunday, we, we just streamed from camp. Because we're just like, we want to be about camp. That's what we're doing right now. That's what our church is doing. That's not what part of our church is doing. That's what our church is doing. Whether we went or not, we're behind it. It's not a few of us do RFK. No, Thrive does RFK. So maybe for you, that's a check. Maybe for you, that's praying. Maybe for you, but that's what we do here. And that's what we're about. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We hope this message spoke to you and is going to be helpful as you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out to us with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services at the Lockport, Illinois Moose Lodge, Sundays at 10 on 10. Have a blessed rest of your day.